Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. One that I really like is um, taking advantage of... <laughs> I feel like I'm today. cursing. Like, you know, yeah, like they're beeping you out. <laughs> <laughs> so rude, Canal Street. Right. So rude. Hey guys, I'm Joy Marie. And I'm Alicia. And this is Job Lugs. And that's right, <laughs> this is not Courtney. Courtney's actually out this week wrapping up a very busy semester, so please wish her luck. But I'm so excited to have a guest co-host in the hot seat today. Welcome, Alicia. Thank you. Hi, guys. Yes. Alicia will introduce her in a minute, but she's an avid listener of the show and has her own amazing career platform. Coming up in this episode, we're talking about bringing the real deal elements of yourself to work, from your culture to your religion to your taste and music and all those wonderful things that set you apart and create your identity. But Alicia, as you know, we like to kick off our episodes with a clock in. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) tell us, who are you? How are you? What's going on? So my name is Alicia and I am the creator of Cubicles and Curls. Yes. We'll talk about Cubicles and Curls is a platform dedicated to natural women in the workplace. Love Um, that. That's (laughs) so perfect for this episode too because like natural hair at work is definitely a thing. It is. It is. And how long have you been listening to job vlogs? So definitely before the election because I remember specifically seeing the episode titles. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was going back and to see when I started. I was like, okay, I kind of remember this one. I was like, definitely by November I was listening. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And like, what do you like about the show? What resonates for you as a listener? Yeah, I, so I love this show because I think it's like having a mentor almost, you know, I learned so much about, I think you guys had a negotiating episode yeah. I learned a lot about. Even just the writing episode, I was like, yes, I hate when people write their emails yeah. this way. And it's like, okay, you're picking up, always picking up new tips. Um, things you don't think about, just you know, if you don't have a mentor of yourself, it's like great for professional development. Oh, on good. Always getting new gems. Yeah, that's so amazing to hear. We don't always get to hear like feedback from you guys. So, so excited to have you in the studio today. Thank you for joining us. Um, but like, what's going on with you? So you're based in New York. You have cubicles and curls. Do you have like separate jobs and endeavors that you're doing on the side as well? Right. So I do the blogging. And then right now I'm a part-time SAT instructor while nice. I'm trying to get back into the full-time workforce. Okay. Um, I've been applying to jobs, interviewing. Oh, okay. Um, so that's where I'm at right now because I'm trying to switch Okay, a uh, transition. Um, so, All right, we got I you, am. girl. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, on my side, I mean, I'm so excited. It's like prom, graduation season. I'm loving all of the outfits all and the, the capes outfits. and gowns Ooh. on my timeline. Everything. Um, it's also like it reminds me it's such a, a season of like transition too and for a lot of people figuring out what's coming up next in life Mm -hmm. Um, and for myself too honestly so that kind of like resonates with me Um, the last couple episodes I've been talking a lot about you know like this kind of being like a tough time for me and just trying to 
figure out a lot of different transitional elements around my life and my career. Um, and so I just, I heard a really good piece of advice this week that I wanted to share. Mm-hmm. I went to drinks with someone, um, another host of a, a pretty big show, and um, she gave me some really good advice and it was like, you know, either you're going to take steps to fix the situation you're in, or accept that this is like for the next six months I'm going to be in this season and I'm okay with that. I don't have the bandwidth to take those steps mm-hmm. and stop complaining, but you can't do both. Yep. And I thought that was so like crazy and interesting. Like, yeah. And I actually got that same message, but um, from Shonda Rhimes. You know oh, really? how she has. <laughs> have you ever seen her Dartmouth accept? Uh, not acceptance. Well, commencement speech. Com- no. So um, essence magazine on Snapchat, they have like their snap story yeah. and they were showing like um, really good graduation speeches. And so I was listening to Shonda Rhimes one because I had read her book Year of Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I read it before, but it was different hearing her speak it. And she mm. was like, you know, even if you're unemployed or you don't know what you're going to do next, just do something. Mm. And so that's what I, I was, and she just says it like, do something. Do There's something, right. Those people who dream and dream and dream until they can't yeah. do anymore, but they're not doing anything. So I definitely yeah. got the same message of yeah. like, even when it seems hopeless, just be doing. Always yeah, be doing. I know. And but also the other piece for me that sunk in was like, she's like, if you're not if you're not okay with doing something right now, that's okay too. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we do need to protect our energy and our space, and it's just too much. Like maybe I can't focus my energy on mm-hmm. four different things right now. That's okay too. But, but being intentional about it, not exactly, just... <laughs> and accept it, mm-hmm. and say, you know what, for the next three four months, I'm not going to focus on that right now. I'm going to be content with what I have today, and when I'm ready, I'm going to transition yep. into taking steps to fix that area. I agree. So. That was the first three months of my job search. Just, I, love I just had to take a break. So. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you have to. And it's fine. It's fine. It's important. Mm-hmm. So I love it. I'm excited for this episode. We're going to get into a lot of fun stuff. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. All right, let's do it. All right, so for our next segment, we're going to talk about our rants, raise and review, basically our like it, don't really like it, and our gotta have it. Yes, I love it. I love your spin on that, Alicia. Um, So what are you doing this week? Do you have a rant, a rave, or a review? So I have a rave. Um, So like I mentioned, I'm doing transitioning my career, and I decided I need a little help on that. So I asked some friends if they knew any career coaches, Mm. and someone put me on to a woman who's, I guess, a career coach and life coach. Nice. Um, prior to this, I never really understood what I would use a life coach <laughs> yeah, for. Yeah, same. Um, so, like, I, I, you know, when I emailed her, I was like, yeah, you know, I know, I'm more sure just want the career piece of it. She's like, right. yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Right. You'll want the life coach part, too, right? Yeah. So, I meet with her, and I think we're just going to be doing resumes, mm-hmm. cover letters, that whole thing. And... It was really just so life-changing because we were just peeling back the layers of, Mm. you know, why I was changing, what maybe, like, you know, causing me to not be as confident Mm. in some of these things. And it's like she read my resume the way people read read palms almost, you know? Like, she was like, I noticed your language changed from this job to this job. Mm. Like, you kind of feel shaky or, like, embarrassed about this position or something Mm. like that. Are you serious? And I was just like... (laughs) Okay, girl. (laughs) All right, take my money. How many sessions do we 
Sydney. Oh, my God. So, That's um, amazing. Where did you find her? You said it was a referral? Uh, yeah. So her name is actually Nia Jackson. Okay. You guys can check her out. Uh, Nia K. Jackson. Okay. On her website. Uh, she's really awesome. I think she's very helpful. And it's just really, for me, I think I needed that because, like, my parents, they, you know, they don't really know what I'm doing. Like, they're nurses. Yeah, they mean um, the best. They mean the best, they but they don't, don't know really how to know. help me. So yeah. I felt like I was missing that. Yeah. Someone who can help me not just be like, you got to do it, but yeah. tell me how, yeah. you know? Uh, so I definitely remember, recommend this life coaching career wow. coaching thing. Wow, you know, I've um, never done that. That might be something to do. I It just helps even just having a kind of stranger, you yeah, know? Like, they get to look. know you, but they don't have to tiptoe as much and they yeah. can just give an outside opinion yeah was um how long was the session was it just like one session or did she work with you over time so i've been talking to her for a while we just finally met okay um, it was supposed to be 60 minutes but we talked a lot so yeah. it was like two hours <laughs> you got um, it in. nice we had a lot to peel back and that one session was kind of enough to make you feel like empowered to take some steps forward and fix some things yeah and... it was really crazy it was very emotional because wow. i think it like brought up things that i kind of new but I haven't been telling anybody about I haven't been talking through my feelings mm. about how emotional the job search has been mm. so it kind of all just flooded out with her I love how you were like I don't need the life part and then showed <laughs> up and it was just like a whole therapy session yeah because you don't realize totally how much that. that affects you work you know? is so like, much of your life it, it is, is your life it is like, your life <laughs> we we try to compartmentalize it but it's really all one thing right so. exactly that's amazing I'm definitely gonna check that out awesome well I um similarly raving today <laughs> um, and I'm going to be raving about personality tests so we're talking about kind of leaning into who you you are mm -hmm. the unique factors of your identity um, and I love these personality tests so much Me too. there are a lot of like personal professional ones if you guys aren't familiar um, they're basically tests that will ask you a series of questions and then assign you some kind of personality type mm -hmm. or personality indicator there are a lot of professional ones specifically, um, all designed around either like sh showcasing your leadership style, showcasing how you collaborate or interact with other people. Some attempt to showcase like what types of jobs you're a good fit for. Mm -hmm. A couple of my favorite ones are the Myers-Briggs personality mm -hmm. um, type, which is I think probably the, the GOAT. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It is like <laughs> the golden standard of personality types. Um, and I believe it is a paid test, but you can find a lot of other tests like 16personalities.com mm -hmm. that draw from the same kind of like model and framework and algorithm. Mm -hmm. And basically what it'll do is there are four different spectrums. One is introversion, extroversion. So do you uh, focus inwardly or outwardly? outwardly. The other is sensing and intuition. That's how you take in and digest information. The third is thinking or feeling. That is speaks about how you make decisions, basically. And then the last is judging and perceiving. So you take this test, it's a series of questions, and it assigns you a type in each of those four categories. So I'm an INFP. Mm -hmm. And which I'm is... the opposite. Oh, are you really? What are <laughs> I you? I am an ESTJ. Are you? <laughs> yeah. We Wait, have... you're, oppos you're opposite we on have, everything. Yeah, we don't have any letters in common. <laughs> that is hilarious. Wait, what is your, um, so as an ESTJ, what is that profile? So under 16 personalities, they say it's the executive, and oh. mine is like the mean teacher looking one. Nice. Mine is, so my INFP is called sort of like the mediator. Mm -hmm. um, and I so, yeah, so it talks a lot about like, I value like helping others and operating according to my feelings, and I'm kind of a 
perfectionist and a creative, mm-hmm. which is completely accurate, I yeah. think. And mine is more like, you know, I'm very factual. Mm. Um, I like to, you know, if you come to me with an argument, you got to have the facts. Mm. I don't take any kind of like what that I think. That is a fluff. And, no, like. <laughs> no. and it's so true of who I am. And really? It, um, I'm also, they say stickler for the rules. Mm. Um, very much like by the book. Oh, I bend all the rules. Um, I know, it's I weird. It was so weird rules. reading that because I'm just like, you don't know me. Yeah, um, exactly. And then cohesive, bringing people together. But I really like about it is the um, fictional characters and real people mm. who also have this. So, mm. in case you want to know, I'm Claire Dumpy from Modern Family, oh, Dwight Schrute. Basically, Dwight, every Killjoy in the world <laughs> is an ESTJ, which I, I feel like I'm not a Killjoy, but I was like, yeah. I can be, I yeah. guess. I can't remember my <laughs> celebs and figures, but they were all like writers, poets, like creatives, intellects. Yes. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I truly, that is one of my favorites. Definitely know your Myers-Briggs type. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Some of the others we've talked about in a past episode, Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies, that talks more to how you um, basically manage expectations, both internal and external. So check that out. I'm a rebel type. There Mm -hmm. are four types. And then lastly, Strength Finders is a good one that's um, kind of more directly related to leadership for work. Mm -hmm. So it'll help you figure out which strengths to lean into and lead with. My type, my my themes were around like influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm so glad you like know yours. I no, I this. love personality tests and my strength finder because every job I go to, they're always like, "Yeah, do the strength finder." I was like, "I've done it already. Yes. I've done it every well, job." What's your strength finder? So, my strengths are achiever, analytical, learner, ideation, and input. Basically, nerd, nerd. Oh, nerd. stop! You're being <laughs> like, so I was, like, hard I have, on yourself. I have three like. You like to learn. <laughs> that is like, an amazing thing, though. No, because, I know, but I was so, like, I want some more yeah. depth. <laughs> depth. I mean, it's all in how you position this stuff. And so this is why I love these tests. Obviously, you know yourself better than, you know, a short quiz on the internet knows you. But I love doing these just to understand the different dynamics that exist, mm-hmm. like, on a team. Um, I think these are great even with relationships with a significant other. Mm-hmm. And for me... Having the people that I communicate with frequently do these tests helps me to work with them better. So like even Courtney and I in doing it, it helps me to understand what her strengths are versus my strengths Mm -hmm. and what we collectively bring to the table Mm -hmm. and how to best work together. So like knowing you are an executor, I'm not going to sit around and expect you to be like, you know, creating and ideating and brainstorming for hours because that doesn't fulfill you and that's not something you may have interest in. Mm -hmm. So. I think it's so awesome to just kind of have a pulse on how the people around you operate and then adjust your behavior Yeah, I accordingly. agree. My first job, the way they did it is like we did the test. We had like a retreat to understand mm-hmm. it. And then everyone got a card with their strengths and you put it on your desk. Mm-hmm. So like when you went up to people, you can kind of see like right up before kind of like what their strengths are and yeah. maybe even shift what you, you know, how you communicate yeah, with them. And exactly. I really, really appreciate it. Everyone loved it. I think it yeah. was really great. And it didn't just like last for a week. It was like you really took those into consideration. Right. Just seeing them right. made you think twice yeah. about That's how. That's awesome. I love it. Okay, guys. So as promised today, we're going to be talking all about bringing your real self to work. Um, What do we mean? Like truly bringing your whole identity, personality, culture, Mm -hmm. upbringing, religion, whatever those elements of you that make you you are, bringing that to work. And we know that that sometimes can be very challenging. Mm -hmm. We've all seen keeping a real go wrong. Right. (laughs) 
especially for certain, you know, communities and marginalized and underrepresented populations. Mm -hmm. So we want to talk through all of that and give you guys some actual tools for how to do that because we think it's kind of important. Alicia is a Georgetown University graduate working in the healthcare technology space. She started her own blog, Cubicles and Curls, after talking to many women who didn't feel comfortable wearing their natural curly hair in the workplace. Um, so she's perfect for this conversation. Alicia's also a Miss Black and Natural NYC 2017, and she's using that platform to continue to promote natural hair while supporting programs that help girls and women to aspire and excel in careers where they're underrepresented. Thank you. That is so That's awesome. Great. You're kind of a rock star. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, I got to remind myself because I'm always like, as soon as I do something, I'm like, and that was regular. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, no. This is all phenomenal and amazing. And like, you need spaces where this is celebrated. So I think like, I'm excited to have this conversation because it's something I've thought a lot about as a natural girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, I mean, I guess just like taking a step back, I think we, you know, we obviously chatted before this and we kind of know what we're talking about when we say bringing your real you to work mm-hmm. and everything. But what, like, what is even your authentic self? Like, what do we mean by that when we're talking about, like, bringing your true identity to work? Yeah, I think people struggle with this because also I think that there's not one authentic self. Mm-hmm. Like, just because you're someone different in front of, like, your friends and your mm. family, I don't think those are, one is fake and one is real. You know, right. there's multiple parts of you and they're all composite, make one authentic self. And you don't need to show all of it at once to That's be true. authentic. That's true. Um, so I think people think they should, like, you know, be who they are right. at home, at work. And that's not what we're saying necessarily. Right. you know but you don't have to feel like you have to hide it becomes a problem when I think people feel like they have to hide, hide everything and yeah. become almost like a cookie cutter version yeah. of what they think they should be um I or just feel agree. embarrassed of some certain things that make them authentically them yeah and I think I think that's the piece of the conversation that I really wanted to have is like this is to address when you feel embarrassed about things mm-hmm. that you can't control, like your culture, your upbringing, your race, like your interests, your interest, you know, even how you choose to kind of like present yourself. Those are things that when you start to feel embarrassed about that at work or feel like you have to completely kind of like hide that, mm-hmm. I think is problematic. And I know there are very real reasons why, you know, certain communities have had to do that mm-hmm. in the past. Like we haven't always as black women been able to rock our natural hair. We've had to have relaxed relaxers and mm-hmm. wear it straight. And so it's not always easy, but um, I think increasingly, like, I want to encourage corporations and individuals to just kind of lean into who they are. Because I think the more that we can celebrate who we are, mm-hmm. the better work we produce, the more innovative work we produce, like, the more diverse our our experiences in and outside of work become. Right. And uh, I think now it's especially important because a lot of cultures are shifting to accommodate millennials. And, yeah. you know, we don't, we want to make sure that black millennials, Latina millennials don't get lost in that culture shift you know mm. like now since everything's kind of at a point where people may be open to change we yeah. want to make sure we can get our voices in there too yeah before absolutely. it all cements itself again yeah so I mean there's this concept of like code switching mm-hmm. I think that not everyone may be familiar <laughs> with but um, you know I'm referencing Gene Demby and The Economist and he actually runs a podcast for NPR called Code Switch mm-hmm. um, and you know he talks about he, I'm going to quote he says linguistics typically use code switching to mean the instant and frequent switching between two distinct languages like Spanish and English 
But, you know, when you look at today's code switching broadly, many of us subtly and reflexively change the way we express ourselves all the time. We hopscotch between different cultural and linguistic spaces and different parts of our own identities, sometimes even with a single interaction. Mm -hmm. And that was so real for me because when I think about, like, the way I'm sitting here talking to you, um, although are many you of y'all, authentic self? right? Many you? of y'all will come for me and be like, "You sound white," or whatever, whatever that but means. But see, you already just did it. You know? I did, I did. But did I really? Yeah, because you went from up a when bit. I think I am, but y'all, you know, <laughs> single interaction, yeah, right? There. So, but like, I think about you know how I can kind of like, you're a black woman, I'm a black woman. Mm-hmm. The way we, the dynamic we can kind of have, and even some of like the slang I might use with you, versus when I'm at work, for instance, and I might be surrounded with like you know more of my corporate beige mm-hmm. colleagues you know I might I might do more of a like hey oh my god like how was your weekend that's so <laughs> awesome and I don't mean to but mm-hmm. it's I don't it's almost like a survival I think mechanism. it's weird because to me I think about it all the time because it's like certain words I'll use with my friends I'm like how is it that this word comes out so naturally mm. around my friend and then when I'm around anybody else I'll, I'll stop n- I never <laughs> say y'all in the workplace but I feel like mm. y'all is one of my most common words so I'm like how does my brain just not at all Turn use it, it off. in this yeah. And I don't even have to think about it. Yeah, it's all it's code switching. <laughs> and, you know, I don't think code switching in and of itself is bad. Like I do, mm-hmm. like you said, I think it's important and I think it's okay that you have different elements of your identity you present in different spaces. Mm-hmm. But I think starting to understand, like I guess kind of like how that code switching can impact mm-hmm. you and your interaction. So I think another very real concept is the concept of unconscious bias, mm-hmm. which within workspaces is when, you know, people don't even recognize that they're, either perceiving you or treating you differently mm-hmm. based on, you know, some some right. form of bias, whether it's your skin color, whether it is the fact that you have this natural hair mm-hmm. in the workplace that they the may unconsciously, exactly you know. the way you talk. Mm-hmm. They don't even realize it, but they might, you know, be thinking and feeling differently about you, maybe not mm-hmm. considering you for certain opportunities. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even going as far as like expressing microaggressions towards you, which are like, you know, like hand in the hair, like yep. oh, like you know, you're ooh, that's interesting. I you wore your hair like that hand today, in hair. right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think that that's why this discussion is so important, is mm-hmm. because there are real kind of consequences of of you know your identity either being perceived the wrong way or incorrectly, Just as othered. Almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's and. Isn't I feel like that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. like the other thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so those are like the challenges, right? Mm-hmm. What is the argument for like bringing your true self to work? Right, so I think personally, bringing your true self to work, there's so many levels to it. One, I think when we're comfortable with ourselves and we're not thinking about putting on our persona and keeping holding our mask on, you know, mm. you know to quote mask future off. mask on, mask <laughs> off. <laughs> Which I would never do at work. <laughs> exactly, you would never do it at work. <laughs> for the sake of this argument, you know, um, when you're focusing on that and focusing on this persona that you've created, your work suffers. You know, there's Mm. tons of research that have shown that particularly people of color, but when they have to feel like they have to hold up this identity all all day, they're not focusing on their work. Their work Mm. diminishes. It's too much of their brain power being used to pretend Mm. or to hide Mm. than to actually produce the work. Mm. And then you get viewed as being less talented. Yeah. And, you know, it's automatic. They assume, well, it's, you know, all my black employees are suffering so it's all because they're black rather than they're all trying to assimilate so I think that's really one big case for it just being able to you know focus on why you're actually there not have to feel like you know your your identity is on attack every day 
Yeah, and like you have to perform to mm-hmm. be candid. Like you have to perform as this whole other persona that may or may not be, you know, natural and organic for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, you have to be such a student of the norm mm-hmm. and the status quo, like mm-hmm. what's going on around you, how everybody else dresses, what they talk about, where they're vacationing this summer. Like, I mean, I think also like stats and you know research has shown that workspaces are just better when diverse perspectives mm-hmm. are welcome, and it's this whole idea of diversity. Diversity inclusion, like I think, diversity is having, you know, having representation. Right, like we're here. We, yeah, we're, we're, we're here. We're, we're here. present. <laughs> you got someone that's older. You got someone that's younger. Right, you exactly. have someone that's black. You have someone that's <laughs> white. You feel like you're checking off the box. Good for you. But inclusion is when you actually invite, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that maybe a white African mm-hmm. or you know a black American. Like you, you don't compartmentalize people and you actually invite these different perspectives right. and different cultures and different upbringings into the room, into the conversations, and you don't treat them like they are other yeah. or lesser than. I saw this quote and it was like, diversity is being in the room and inclusion is being at the table, mm. you know? And I was like, that's really real because especially when the lean in metaphors, right. you know, like <laughs> you could be on the outskirts, you're not yeah. really in the conversation. Exactly. Um, and just also valuing it equally, you know? So just be, don't just be like, okay, well, you're black. Let's talk about urban markets, you yeah. know? Let's hear what you have to say about these rural markets as well. Let's hear yeah. what you have to say about what's going on in France. Exactly. Not because and you, that's one of my yeah. biggest pet peeves is like, yeah, don't like stereotype <laughs> and compartmentalize people and then expect them. Don't expect, you know, every white person to listen to country music and every black right. person exactly. to listen to rap and hip hop. Like, we're so much more multidimensional than that. And so I think that's definitely the business case and kind of a charge to corporations Mm -hmm. to do better in that arena. But then also I think about benefits to us as individuals. And I I look at my own career. And during the times when I have been able to say, like, yes, I grew up abroad, traveling a lot. Mm -hmm. I, you know, am an African, first generation African American in this country. I'm from Ghana. Like, when I'm able to bring in different parts of that identity Mm -hmm. into the conversation, it's actually kind of enriched me as a professional because think about like how you know maybe an executive at your company or leadership you know about their family life you know how many kids they have Mm -hmm. you should you should at least (laughs) you know how many kids they have you know when somebody has a recital and those are the things that kind of give you like more depth Mm -hmm. to that person they make you more human you know not just like joy marie from accounting or something you know it's like joy marie with the kids and you know they all do sports and they're all great yeah exactly at least you're from georgetown university Mm -hmm. like you were in dc and what i find is that when you present more of those things you give people more levers to latch onto to get to know you and more commonalities exactly. or things that they want to you know they've never heard of that they can learn about from you right and literally you know depending on what those elements of your identity are like it can make you look smarter it can make you look like a, a mm-hmm. more well-rounded professional like are you awesome at twitter and instagram and social media outside of work and yes maybe it has nothing to do with your job but right. now you're like this expert on social exactly that people who maybe don't know how to work their phone and stuff might come <laughs> to you i mean real stories like true stories as an intern i've had people be like walk me through this like you're so good at social and blogging like teach me how to do these mm-hmm. things so i think that the more that you can share um that you're comfortable sharing kind of the the more benefit and more things people can cling on to. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. 
Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here are some actual ideas of how you can do this at work and bring your identity and true self to work. And so Alicia and I are just going to share a couple of ideas we have. (laughs) I mean, you guys definitely write us and let us know what you've done that's worked in the past as well. Um, So one thing I love to do always when I'm first getting hired is depending on the company, like a lot of my recent companies do like a memo or an internal note just saying like, hey, you know, new manager, Joy Marie or Mm -hmm. promotion. I love to use those notes to just share like where I grew up, where I went to undergrad, where I live in Brooklyn, what my interests are, you know, travel, brunching, things like that. Mm That's like a very easy way to just kind of like give them a little bit more, like be a little more well-rounded and sure. Right. People freak out about, tell me about yourself. You know, even yeah. if you're, even after you're hired, they're like, oh, oh my God, I'm so boring. I have nothing to say. It's like you have, you don't realize how, what, because it seems like boring to you because you've lived this life yeah. and this is just your everyday, everyday week. Right. But like to other people, they're like, oh, I've never, you exactly. know, I've never gone, Um, maybe I've never bowled before. Maybe that's yeah. your interest. Like you're a professional bowler. Let me hear more about that's that. That's really cool. Um, have you then, ever done it? anything like that before like for notes and stuff uh yeah and I mean I'm also one of those people who hate it because like, uh. I'm like okay and I gotta like what's so interesting about me <laughs> um especially when they're like tell us a fun fact or mm-hmm. unique fact you're like I've never done anything fun or unique in my life <laughs> but you know it's also cool on a simple level like things as basic as like I'm in Brooklyn mm-hmm. all the other Brooklynites right, in the like, office oh, are like hey girl like we're on the same train. Brooklyn right like, <laughs> It's a little thing like that where people register it and they feel like they have something in common with you. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's a cool, you know, cool, simple kind of like low hanging fruit way of incorporating your identity. Yeah. um, One thing I've seen at um, bigger organizations that I really love is these like affinity clubs. Mm. Um, So, you know, I I don't know what exactly you call them. They want to be like a BSA. Employee resource (laughs) group. Yeah, exactly. So there'll be like women's groups and, um, you know, black for black black people, black women. LGBTQ. um, Exactly. And even beyond that, people have softball teams Mm -hmm. and leagues, um, you know, maybe like you'll all go out for paint night. Yeah. Um, Just activities like that around common interests or things you want to try new. That's um, true. I Corporate think, like marathons and stuff. Sometimes exactly. corporations go into those exactly. together. Um, you might throw the annual fundraiser together. Mm. So things like that really are a chance to connect with your team outside of work. I love um, that. And you can obviously show your personality there. It's a little more comfortable to yeah. get to know people. Yeah. And something about connecting outside of work, mm-hmm. I just it goes such a long way in relationship building a exactly. lot of times that you don't even realize. You, you made me think even of like volunteerism, like mm-hmm. community service, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So another idea is to teach a skills building session. Um, and I've done this in the past. It's worked very well. I hosted a introduction to Photoshop session for my coworkers who um, were in communication. Some of them were just like managing some collateral for the sales teams. And they were like, you know what, Joy Marie, like I know you know Photoshop, like could you teach us like the basics of just how to navigate it? And I think one coworker had approached me and I just opened it up to like a group of anyone who was interested. Um, and that was really successful. And my coworkers still talk about it to this day. And it was just, it was like a simple one hour session, booked a conference room 
I came in and I really used most of the session to talk about why mm-hmm. and the like basic principles of design and why Photoshop is helpful and like just kind of taught it kind of as a 101 class mm-hmm. and then did a simple tutorial on some basics that people could leverage to do a large number of activities like simple text edits, simple like, you know, photo edits, cropping, things like that that are pretty simple but that, you know, kind of enable you to do a lot more. Um, and then you become the social media person, you know? Exactly. And that's like another part of your identity. Like, Joy Marie is great at social media. Exactly. <laughs> and, could, and could teach it. Mm-hmm. So it's like not only are you good at it outside of work but like taught it to coworkers which has value inside work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I treated that like I did anything else with work. So I, I sent an agenda ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I like made a deck. I gave them a one-pager and reference guides and links. And so I think, like, think about what you are potentially good at. And it doesn't have to be a hard skill like Photoshop or mm-hmm. coding or anything. It can even be something soft like, like we've been talking about social media a lot, um, writing, mm-hmm. sending out newsletters with free things like MailChimp. Like, you'd be surprised how right, many even people... just speaking, like, public speaking. That's if you're a good true. public speaker, like, everyone in your organization needs that public speaking skill. So, yeah. Um, or even just something you're knowledgeable about. Maybe you are the expert at, I don't know, you know how to climb walls, and somehow that's relevant to your yeah. job, you know? Just contact um, knowledge expert, that's yeah. also something great. Yeah, so, you know, pitch it, teach it. It could be a small group, it could be a larger group, But I think that's a very awesome way to establish your expertise Mm -hmm. um, and also show some leadership, you know, Mm -hmm. and bring your identity into into work as well. All right. So another thing I really like is taking advantage of your internal communication. So, Mm. um, you know, my companies that I've been at, sometimes they'd have newsletters. So they spotlight employee of the month. Um, It might just be you can volunteer to be employee of the month or just share like an article in the newsletter or something like that. That's just a way for people to kind of get to know you on another level. I saw you were employee of the month or I read your article. You'd be surprised. You think that no one reads these things. They do. Um, And then all of a sudden you're celebrating. Exactly. They do. They do. I love that. Um, I think another thing I like too is like, if you don't want to do so much of like a hard skill mm-hmm. or like you, also do just kind of like an inspiration session. Mm-hmm. Like we all like a break from work. So mm-hmm. present on something cool you read or an article or maybe what a competitor is doing or a good, a fun exhibit you went to over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great like team building activity sometimes um, in the past. like. We've just slated like five or 10 minutes of a recurring team meeting to just get some inspiration. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it gets people outside the office. It gives them a sense of what you're into outside of work, whether, like we said, running or travel or brunching. And you can bring all of that in and present it in kind of like a fun way, too. Yep. All right. What else do we have? I think there's small, like other little things like um, on your own social channels, maybe. Mm Um, so <laughs> be careful with this though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, on your own social channels, I'd say like using your platforms, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, to just push out expertise on something. Right. So, um, you know, you're right. Be careful. But say you have good POVs on politics, mm-hmm. like you have well thought out, well researched opinions on current events. I think if you can present that in a way that's not like, 
I don't know, divisive or ranty, but shows that you're smart, this Mm -hmm. is an interest, you do your research and you present facts. Exactly. People will respect you for that. Like unbiased and, you know, to the point. Or, you know, even if you have a bias, Uh, you're able to defend it. It's not just like, you're wrong and I'm right. Exactly. Um, Yeah, LinkedIn is really good for that because I love how they have the, what is it, like posting kind of? Yeah, the the publishing platform. Yeah, the publishing platform. Whether through status updates or writing articles. Yeah, and I actually like use Twitter. I have like three different Twitters because I have. My personal Twitter, where I can like be live tweeting scandal, yeah. and, like you know, <laughs> maybe throw out a cuss if in I love case, that. you know. Yeah. But then I had like a uh, Twitter specifically for like things in tech and healthcare, mm. where I would like tweet my opinions, nice. and there was never anything. There, was, I was never on the trending topics right, with those, right. you know. So it's like you can do that as well. Um, yeah. Obviously, one got more attention than the other, yeah. <laughs> but it's a good way. Like if you're not comfortable sharing your personal Twitter, yeah, but you do want to still talk about these things and have your coworkers know, and yeah. it actually really helped me in that um, when we went to conferences. Mm. my boss was like okay you're one of those internet non yeah. readers like you're gonna tweet live yeah. tweet this event and like I, yeah so you know they knew me as a social media person they're yes. like you're twitter famous i was like i'm not proof point <laughs> but sure i love it i love it um and then lastly i think also just like we already kind of talked about this but just like bringing your colleagues into your environment mm-hmm. you don't always have to like push it out to them and kind of you know try to like bring it into work but when you're comfortable, if you have a chance to weigh in on where the next happy hour is, maybe mm-hmm. pick, you know, a bar or restaurant that has significance to you culturally or mm-hmm. is in your neighborhood. Um, you know, if you're willing, it's definitely not the onus mm-hmm. of us to have to teach people or explain our culture and our upbringing. But if you're willing and you know that it's not coming from a malicious place mm-hmm. from your coworkers, they just maybe don't understand and you're willing to kind of like share that and and bring them into it, then consider it. I think that's something people really appreciate. All right, and I think that's very healthy, especially like if you're in a workplace where maybe you're the only one or one of few, it's good to be able to maybe kind of reverse that sometimes, yeah. you know? So if I'm yeah. able to bring you to, maybe I'll bring you to First Saturday at Brooklyn Museum, you yeah. know? It's a very black event. And, yeah. you know, you can, you know, there's lots of culture, there's art, um, but, you know, it kind of shifts your comfort level a little bit because yes. maybe now you're feeling like, okay, I can show you this world and exactly. I know more about this and here is my domain, you know? Exactly. Um, and, you know, obviously invite people you're comfortable with, like don't invite your, yeah. your office enemy. Yeah. <laughs> be like do you know where we went right right <laughs> so you know bring people you're comfortable with and that's a good place i think for people to know you like i'll bring people to like jamaican restaurants mm. and like i'll be like no don't go there we're yeah. going to this one this yeah. is the real stuff we're exactly. not going to footprints uh, i mean i like footprints yeah. like, <laughs> no, sure. but if you get rasta pasta you're not eating jamaican right right <laughs> um so yeah people appreciate that So to recap our conversation. So we've talked about um, authentic self, what that means, code switching. Yes. We talked about unconscious bias and some of the very real challenges of bringing your real self to work. Mm -hmm. Talked about ways that you can show your um, self at work and, you know, kind of just ways to put yourself out there. Yes. And so we hope that you guys feel empowered by this. Let us know if you've ever thought about it, if you have faced this as a challenge, if you've kind of leaned into it and Mm -hmm. seen success. Um, And also let us know your ideas for how we can continue need to just keep being our real right. selves at work. Keep it real. Yes, Not keep it real. real. <laughs> just real enough. <laughs> Episode title, keep it real. <laughs> Hey 
Hey guys, so this is a segment of the show where we address your career and life questions. If you want some advice or you just need some fresh perspective, we got you. Submit your questions to us anytime at jawblogs.com slash askjawblogs, or you can leave us a voicemail at 929-324-1090. Alicia, we have a question in the inbox. You want to read it up? Bring it at me. I'm Oprah. (laughs) So today's question is, how do I go about requesting a title change, especially if I'm planning on leaving the job suit. Is it even worth it to ask for a title change or should Mm. I remain at the title that I am? Okay, so firstly, I think it's good that you're thinking about this. Um, I think a lot of us do tend to focus on like salary and money and all of that, but I think titles can almost be more Mm -hmm. important. Yeah, yeah, for real, because like if you on your resume can get from manager to director, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can leverage that for a ton of money and you know, better job prospects potentially externally. Exactly. So. And I think it's also important to notice like title change versus promotion, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you're doing something and you feel like, okay, I'm a coordinator, but really I'm doing specialist work, yeah. um, you know, so I'm, I'm not really going to be adding responsibility. To me, promotion indicates that I'm going to be adding responsibility. Yeah. Title change is like, okay, no, you've got me at the wrong kind right, of, <laughs> right, you know, right. let's rename this that's to be true. more accurate into what I'm actually doing. That's true. So that's, that's interesting. definitely something to make sure you're being yeah, clear about. That's an interesting distinction. And it's also harder to fight for a promotion than a title change in my I opinion. I think so. Mm-hmm. I agree. I completely agree with that because I think a promotion has, um, you're right, it has like implications of scope change, mm-hmm. money raise, mm-hmm. like it has a lot attached to it, whereas a title change, I, you know, I'm not sure what you're looking for here, but I think a title change can be argued like mm-hmm. simply as like, right. let's just relabel this. Um, so, I mean, I refer to an article on the Muse um, because, you know, I wanted some expert opinions <laughs> on this. And these were, this is basically what it, it recommended was one, consider the existing structure at the company, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really good point. It's like, so first, like, take a look around you. If you're mm-hmm. asking to be, say, a director, but there's only one director per department mm-hmm. and the one in your department is your boss, then what are you, you know, right. what are you implying <laughs> with that? And move on over. Exactly. It's not the <laughs> say you shouldn't Mm -hmm. but you really should take a look like what's the structure what's the norm for someone kind of with your level of experience and your scope of work and just make sure that what you're looking for makes sense right and I think yeah this is something to pay attention to especially at for one at startups and Mm -hmm. two at very traditional organizations Mm. so startups tend to be flat like I Mm -hmm. worked at a position a startup where I was a project manager and then there was senior project manager. Mm, then there was our was CEO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know. You're not about to ask to be like a senior experience Exactly. You know, people like to tack on senior. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, exactly. So, you know, you just want to be mindful of that. And whereas like some of like uh, these finance firms, mm-hmm. accounting firms, like they have a very strict idea of the titles that yes. they want. And they mean different things at different levels. Yes. So, if you're ready for what comes along with that, yeah. um, and you know that's basically a promotion, so it's it not is, just title yeah. change for title change. Right. right. Um, also being said, don't you know think strategically about your title. Uh-huh. Like I've seen, like you know, grandmaster of. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what does that mean? Grandmaster of, of um, Excel sheets and stuff. Yeah. You know, like, you know, stray from Cute, those. Um, yeah. And also really think what it means because analyst, coordinator, yeah. um, I don't know, uh, project manager, director, yeah. those all kind of have different indications they depending do. on where you go. On your industry, right. Mm-hmm. I like that call out because it's not just about what you think you want for your company. Like, analyst is one that throws me off all the time because <laughs> an analyst in finance mm-hmm. could be, is like a senior person that's speaking to the street right, exactly. versus like an analyst, like, you know, in my company is, 
the entry level junior role. Exactly. So like, it's even associate, you know, associate's a good one too, where mm-hmm. no one knows what yeah. level. What is you it? could be in anything. Ten years in, or are you assisting someone? I like, literally don't know exactly. Yeah. So just be careful with like your industry, what it yeah. means in your particular company, and just like. Don't just choose it just because it sounds like nice. Yeah. You know, like I'm a project manager. People are like, well, have you managed people? And I'm like, no, but I've managed projects, right, you know? So right. make sure it's actually representative of what you're doing and not just because it sounds cool. I love that. <laughs> Look at you, girl. You might need to add something else to that resume. <laughs> um, okay. And so another point that the Muse article um, raised that I loved was to make your case, which I probably would have said too. Mm-hmm. But um, really, like, you know, anytime you're going in and asking for something at work, just like have the facts to, to mm-hmm. back it up. What's the impact that you've been doing? Are you operating in a higher scope than what your title denotes? Um, also, something that it, it mentioned that I thought was really fascinating was just like showcase how the title change will help the mm-hmm. employer. Like, what's the benefit to them? Like, if you can say, you know, putting the senior on my title or giving me associate or something because I notice we use this title structure and in the marketplace when I'm talking to clients, they mm-hmm. won't pick up the phone unless I have that in my title. Like, this is why I need this and this is why it'll benefit the company, help me bring more business in. Those are all ways to help kind of like fandangle and get people on your side. Right, I agree. And especially, I have a friend who kind of going through this, like, you know, especially as a woman, like people like to, you know, cast mm-hmm. what they think your role is and mm-hmm. kind of like always kind of sun you like you're yeah. more junior. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it definitely could be like from a level of respecting. So if you mm. say analyst, you can assume I'm anything from like your assistant to your yeah. secretary and yeah. like you want to make sure it's clear, yeah. you know? Exactly. Um, and I think that happens a lot as women that we have right. to always kind of be like, no, this is not yeah. my job. Like, yeah. you know, so. I completely agree. Completely agree. And that's a good reason. Um, but, you know, going back to the, the other piece of your question around like, should you do it or not? Yeah, girl, do it. Uh, <laughs> Assuming, I don't know, this is an anonymous, but um, go for it. If you're doing the work, feel like you deserve the title and mm-hmm. have earned it, go for it. Especially if you feel like it's like overdue mm-hmm. um, or, you know, you've already been operating in that capacity and aren't being recognized in that way. Absolutely. I mean, I would say be, you know, don't build this case and have them do a lot of work. Be mindful of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Don't have them build the, the case. Have them do all this work, make an exception, and then you put in your two-week notice. Mm-hmm. That would be a sour experience. But I would say that if you feel like it's overdue, you could make it happen and know that you'll be around at least for probably a minimum of a few months or so. Right. I don't think it has to be a year or anything crazy like Maybe that. Maybe like three months. Three, three Yeah, three, four months. I think that's perfectly fine. Because, listen, you just say a new opportunity came along mm-hmm. you know you let them down the way you would any other time you're taking and it's a new to be job. expected like when yeah. you get a new title new opportunity is going to come around exactly. i've had bosses and i mean because yes this is why i've had bosses who've gotten the title change or the promotion and then dipped a month later a you month, know yeah it's like story of my life i keep having bosses leave me it's not oh, me really? personally and but they like... still do it see <laughs> but that's the point it's like don't like if it's for your development and growth mm-hmm. prioritize that it's not the end of the world um especially if that's not a job that you are going to lean on heavily for referrals to propel you in the rest of your career. I mean, yeah, it's a bad taste, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be the end of you. Like, you can manage it in a way that's professional. Right. Exactly. I think definitely timing is yeah. everything. Like, if you just got that role, <laughs> then yeah. like I said, put your two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I peace out. <laughs> Thanks. Manager <that> app. <laughs> yeah, that definitely matters. Awesome. Um, Good luck. Keep us posted.
guys. Well, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a great time. Thanks so much, Alicia, for filling in and co-hosting this week. Um, where can we find you all over the internet? Yeah, so I'm all over the internet. Um, I um, My blog is cubiclesandcurls.com. My Amazing. Instagram, cubiclesandcurls. That's A-N-D. Um, and then on Twitter, I'm cubiclescurls. Um, you know, follow Twitter. her everywhere. <laughs> yes, awesome follow me. Content. Ask me questions. Send me your selfies of your hair yes, at work. I really love that. Hair. <laughs> I love that. Um, we'll be back on the first with Courtney. As you guys know, you can hit us up anytime on the web at jobblogs or jobblogs.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Only a like five, though. Only a five. There you go, girl. You are a Even natural. if you have a bad comment, only a five star. <laughs> Love it. And one little thing you guys can do this week to kind of better yourselves professionally, personally, ask one person at work, like, a fun fact about their lives mm-hmm. outside of work. And you don't have to say, like, what's a fun fact about you, right. but just, like... What you do this weekend, and then follow up with, you know, oh, do you do you hike a lot? Like, mm-hmm. where do you go hiking? Show some interest in someone's activities right. outside of exactly. work. Exactly, that goes a long way in just, you know, building relationships. People appreciate. People love talking about themselves. Yeah. Anytime they can talk about this, they might not realize yeah. it, but you're they're already liking they you more when they can talk about themselves. Absolutely. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.